in our course titled Healing from Emotional Trauma, Breakups, and Betrayal. We learn why releasing the pain of the past is so difficult. You'll learn strategies to make letting go easier, as well as release the energy in your body trapped from that pain. Register today at www.iamdenise.com or call 404-850-5151. Everyone has been hurt in relationships. However, many of us are not able to let that pain go. This prevents us from truly moving on with our lives and instead we become victims allowing the past to interfere with our right to be loved and be happy. We simply mud up our joy by holding on to what feels better in the moment, expressed or suppressed anger. People have a tendency to get trapped in their anger and pain. After they've been hurt and as a result, they become stuck. There are mental, emotional, and physical reasons why it is difficult to release the pain, but there is one universal reason why we should. We do not deserve the continued toxins that anger deposits in our bodies, minds, spirits, hearts, and being. Sometimes life isn't fair and knowing that makes us angry. We watch ourselves be betrayed, hurt, traumatized, and mistreated. We sometimes can't help but to be angry, but we owe our healing to ourselves. No one else owes that to us. People often think forgiveness absolves the other person of anything that happened. You'll discover this is incorrect. One area that can make it difficult to release the past is the misunderstanding of what forgiveness is. We will explore forgiveness and a range of tools to use as a part of your personal power. We will focus on nurturing yourself, changing your thoughts, and discovering how to manage your feelings. In this Denise Life Coaching Services course, you'll learn why forgiveness is crucial to your mental emotional and physical health, how childhood beliefs can interfere with releasing the past. You have the power within you to release the past. Forgiveness brings freedom. You'll learn why releasing the past is difficult and what you can do to make it easier for yourself. You'll learn the emotional, mental, and physical causes of your pain. You'll discover misconceptions about forgiveness. You'll receive specific strategies and exercises to assist you in letting go of your pain and moving forward towards the life you want. If you are tired of hurting from broken relationships, betrayals, and loss, and ready to take action to release that pain, register today at www.iamdenise.com. Welcome to the Let's Talk About It podcast with your host, Denise. Denise can be found on IamDenise.com and all social media platforms. On Let's Talk About It, we dive into the path along the journey while celebrating the human spirit, resilience, and ability to grow beyond limitations. Are you ready? Okay, then let's talk about it.
Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk About It. As usual, I'm excited to have you guys here with us on YouTube and Anchor, Apple, Google, whichever one of the four the platforms you are listening to us on. I'm excited that you joined us. My guest today is Erin McCullough, and she has a lot to share with us today about life, about her journey, about her practice, her uh, webinars, and tons and tons of things that she is doing that I think could benefit our listening audience. So Erin, welcome to Let's Talk About It, and I'm glad to have you as a guest. Oh, thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Yay! I always say that when I go to edit, I always hear myself saying, yay! (laughs) (laughs) All right. So you have a very interesting story. I know usually before the podcast, I talk to the guests, you know, for a few minutes just to get an idea as to what we're going to be talking about. And you told me a story in the um, pre-podcast interview about experiencing your first panic attack at a counseling session. So I know there's a lot we have to talk about, but I really want to start with that because it's by far one of the most interesting things I've ever heard about someone having an experience in a therapy session. So talk to us a little bit about what was going on before you got to that session, what happened, and what do you think caused that? Yeah, so it started, as you said, in a couples counseling uh, therapy And, um, it seemed like everything was fine. we started talking and the counselor had engaged us in some conversation and Mm -hmm. we began to do this sort of bickering thing that we did, which is kind (laughs) of why we were there. And all of a sudden I noticed that I couldn't hear what they were saying. Like they were bantering back and forth, the counselor and my boyfriend at the time, And I started to feel as though I was in a tunnel and like they were getting further away from me. And I thought, that's very strange. I wonder what's Mm -hmm. happening. And then Mm -hmm. I had this sensation that I couldn't breathe or I was having a difficult time breathing. And um, for whatever reason, the counselor picked up on it right away. And she said, are you okay? And I said, as a matter of fact, no, (laughs) I'm not okay. And I explained to her how I was feeling. Mm -hmm. And she said, oh, you're having a panic attack. And I said, really? I've never had one of those before. And she said, yeah, that's what it is. And then she went to describe, you know, as most people in the counseling profession, well, this idea that we're onions and that we have different layers and that obviously something was coming up for me. And would I be interested in doing some individual counseling? And through that counseling experience going individually, I created an anxiety disorder. And I say that I created it because I understand now how that happened. Um, And I know it sort of flies in the face of what most people would say, how anxiety is created. But I'll tell you, after um, experiencing anxiety at that level, I realized that I had actually created it as a defense mechanism to not feel the feelings, to not heal those emotions. because uh, that's what we do, right? We do it in a whole number of ways. Some people do it by overconsuming alcohol or doing drugs mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. social media, or um, uh, my favorite new one is this idea of like, I'm so busy. I want to piggyback a little bit 
on something you said earlier about this idea of feeling like you created anxiety in order to cope. Let's examine that a little further. How do you feel like you created the anxiety and how was it helping you to cope with what you were going through at the time? Well, uh, I'll be super clear on this. It wasn't helping me to cope, just like <laughs> any of the things that we do to not feel the feelings, to not be present in our lives, to not experience what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just, I mean, it might as well have been alcohol or drugs or any number of things, you know, gambling, whatever, whatever your thing is that you like to do to check out of your life. Um, in terms of me creating it, it happened because, and this is something that I learned years later, like a decade, maybe a decade and a half later, which is how the brain processes information. And uh, when we, the subconscious mind um, is really only interested in survival. And so when we uh, mess with the status quo, the subconscious mind is unhappy (laughs) and wants to get back to status quo. And that's why it's so hard for people to change. But through that process of doing the individual counseling, what we had agreed to do was to basically unpack my entire past from, I mean, in utero to present day. And in that process of telling that traumatic stories over and over and over again, the subconscious mind doesn't know whether you're say like whether you're saying it because it's happening now or whether you're Mm -hmm. saying it and it's not happening because it's reliving whatever you're saying, the thoughts and all the things. And so in your body, your, your body has that file. That's it's not interpreting whether it's a yesterday file or a yesteryear file it's reliving. There's this incredible book that I often reference called the body keeps scores, which goes into that, you know, in a very in-depth way. And it talks about how, your body has this incredible mechanism to remember. And once it feels or recognizes something similar, then it's just like it's happening all over again. And so to that point, do you think that sometimes as we're creating these anxieties, according to your experience, do you think that externalizes drama? You know, do you think that mechanism that we have where it's our anxiety and we're kind of using it as a clutch in the external kind of narrative with our family or friends or just how we react versus respond. Does that often come across as what we call drama is in the behaviors outside as you're kind of navigating your way through this minefield, really? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, I want to be super clear about what I believe. I believe we are here to self-evolve. Like that's why we exist. That's what we're doing here is to discover and heal from those, that story, right? The things that happened. And um, it's not as important, or I don't really think it's important at all. And I'm sure a bunch of psychologists <laughs> will be totally anti this. It's less important who's in that story and what exactly happened. It's more important to be able to recall what you were just saying, the, the feelings of it's not about what happened. It's what you decided 
how you took in that information, because that information, you know, I mean, I've asked my sibling before, you know, what was your experience growing up in our house? Same parents, same house, totally different experience. Right. And Mm -hmm. so while we all have our, you know, beliefs and the things that we created at a young age that we, you know, sort of use to navigate and have shown us what the perception of our life is, the reality is, is it's not so much the things that happened or the people or the wrongs. It is what did you decide about you based on that story? I find myself quite often conflicted with the differences between the neurological implications with anxiety and trauma and the behavioral implications. I was listening to something, I think it was um, Bruce Lipton, and he was Mm -hmm. talking about how your brain essentially can get to a point if you've lived and experienced severe trauma, where you're almost like overproducing adrenaline and cortisol. And so like a drug, Your brain like wakes up and it's like, I need some of that, right? So even when you are using the behavior modification and the affirmations and the spirituality and all of that, if there are neurological things that's happening that that, that kind of gets in the way of that, I feel like sometimes people get really frustrated because they feel like I'm doing all this stuff. I'm reading the self-help books. I'm... I'm taking this seminar, I'm doing this workshop, and I still find myself functioning in a way that seems to be outside of my control and outside of my grasp. So how do you help people in peer support when you recognize that there are some neurological patterns or neurological things that may be hindering the behavior modification that you're trying to help them with in terms of having a paradigm shift with the experience that is their day-to-day life. Oh my gosh, I have so many things to say about that. (laughs) First of all, um, I mean, we've all sort of glommed on to the idea that there is a mind-body connection, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. first of all, I mean, just, you know, basic, like basically in our society, we do agree that things like stress can lead to a heart attack, right? Mm-hmm. So there is a connection, right? Mm-hmm. Although we like to act like that's not woo-woo. It's right. a little bit on when the it's convenient. side. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. So right. we've established that there is a mind-body connection, but it's not just with heart attacks, right? It's with all things. And as you were saying before, you know, these traumas, they live in our body on a cellular level. Like our body remembers these things like a hundred percent. And so when you find yourself in acute, anything, anxiety, depression, just any low level, doesn't feel good, stress, overwhelm, worry, all of those things, those are patterns of hormones that we've released based on past experiences. And so when you scratch the surface or poke one of those experiences, then you go into reaction and then the chemical flood happens. It's the same thing. How you get out of that is first self-awareness. You've got to be emotionally aware of what's going on for you. When am I in reaction? Who am I in reaction to? Mm, What is triggering these emotions? I love that. Oh my goodness. I don't want to interrupt you, but I love that because I think that is one of the fundamental things or thought process that people 
avoid, deviate from, like literally avoid it like the plague, that going inside your own mind and your own self and being accountable for your awareness, right? We're not saying solve it. We're not saying come up with a solution. Just recognize and understand what you're feeling. And then once you understand what you're feeling, you start to kind of dig around a little bit to ask yourself, and why am I feeling that way? I am obsessed with my own interpersonal, like, like I'm so obsessed because of all the years and decades of my life that I spent being unaware. And essentially, when you're unaware, you're like a puppet on a string, not just to your own ignorance, but also to what other people who are emotionally intelligent, who are perceptive, who are you know, narcissistic or clairvoyant interprets about you and then freely decides how they will use that information. This is good stuff. This is good stuff. All right, guys, we are going to take a commercial break real quickly, and then we're going to come back and continue the conversation with Miss Erin McCullough. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Let's Talk About It. My guest today is Miss Erin McCullough. She is a coach who helps people with areas such as coping with their anxieties and recognizing some of the um, disparities in what they feel, what they think, and how that affects their day-to-day -day life. So thank you again for being with us. Um, I, I want to shift gears a little because be, before the break, we were talking about areas in which people kind of internalize their anxieties and how sometimes our own unawareness is one of the biggest disadvantages we can have on a day-to-day -day basis in life. I want to kind of switch a little bit to the business side of it because I know that you work with a lot of executives and a lot of business people who are trying to run businesses and companies and, and organizations without having navigated some of this stuff that we talked about earlier. And then you can see those indicators and, and those markers in the way that they operate and navigate business. So first, I want to start by you sharing an experience with us about how crippling those areas that you struggled with were to the business part of your life or the professional part of your life when you try to seamlessly have one um, coexist without dealing with the other? Well, let me just start by telling a little bit about my story as an entrepreneur. Um, after I had navigated the anxiety disorder, I moved to Hawaii thinking that, oh, I'll move someplace with a simpler, you know, small town, simpler life, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, because I hadn't navigated my own mind, emotions, spirituality. Um, I brought that all with me. All that garbage <laughs> came with me. Even though Wherever you go, there out. you are. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I moved to a simpler place and immediately out of the gate, I started a business. I had a client within 24 hours. Mm. Within a year and a half, I had multi six figure contracts with 20 plus employees. And I had no business running a business. I had no experience doing I was a special ed teacher prior to that. So mm. I really didn't know what I was doing. Mm -hmm. um, 
And so I created, I didn't create the anxiety disorder, but I created a lot of the same experiences, right? Because uh, was obviously, I was very anxious about all the things that I was learning and trying to figure out and navigate um, that I didn't know, you know, contracts and employees and how do I, you know, get um, payroll done and all those things. And then um, just my own, like, inability to uh, level out my emotional experience. And Mm. um, it was crazy. And so I was super stressed. About 10 years in, I had sort of an awakening. Um, A situation happened where a client called and complained. And uh, I would get so frantic about uh, complaints that I, uh, I told her I'd be right there to fix the problem. I raced over to my friend's house to drop my daughter off. And as I was backing into her driveway, I sideswiped my car and her husband's truck. Mm. And I didn't even think anything of it. I was so frantic about getting to the client. So I was like, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. got to go. Dropped my daughter, left, came back a couple hours later. And my friend said, I need to talk to you about something. I was like, okay, what's up? And she said, well, when you hit my husband's truck, he was under it working on it. And he thought it was going to land on him. And it just rocked me to my core. And I just said, why do you, so I imagine that's devastating to hear, but what were the sum or series of things that had gotten you to a point where you were sound? Well, it sounds kind of like you were anxious, you were speedy, you had so much to do and you were doing your life, you were living it. And in that process, (laughs) (laughs) and in that process, you were disconnected to the point to where you weren't present enough to observe the things that were like physically around you, including, but not limited to your friend's husband being under the truck and you being in a rush to kind of like get out of there. Right. Am I, am I understanding that correctly? Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I was so checked out of my life. I really thought, you know, back to what we were talking about before. I thought that I was my thoughts. I thought that I was my emotions. And my experience up until that point was this roller coaster ride, right? So when you are in that space where you think you're your thoughts and you think you're your emotions, then you are beholden to whatever is going on. So you are in reaction to everybody and everything all day long, every day. And when you have 20 employees and hundreds of clients, that's a lot of roller coaster. I mean, a lot, a lot. And um, up until that point, I s- sort of thought that was normal. <laughs> I mean, I really didn't have, my parents had moved shortly thereafter to, they thought they could come and help me. And they said, you know, you think you have a small business here, but you don't realize all the things. I was literally doing everything. Like I didn't even mm-hmm. have an assistant or anything. I did all the things every client, every appointment, every employee, mm. everything. And would you say that I don't you, recommend that. <laughs> would you, no. Would you say <laughs> that you spent a great deal of time out of coping and surviving, being detached or being disconnected? And what percentage of the time would you say that you were detached and disconnected from yourself? Um, honestly, I would say a hundred percent of the time I was not present for anybody or anything. I was literally like, 
Oh, I was, that was way down on the list, (laughs) way, way, way down on the list, you know, Um, even, you know, so entrepreneurs start businesses because they recognize they're highly capable on some level. They have some sort of skill set or service that they're bringing to the table or product. Mm -hmm. Um, And the idea is that you have time flexibility, right? That's the, one of the things is, right. I don't want to be, I don't want to be chained to a desk. Um, And the other thing is to be able to dictate the amount of income that you can create. Right. And I had those things. Those were the things that I did have. I had flexibility, but because I was so beholden to my emotions and my thoughts and my business, because of that, I would be, you know, coaching a soccer game and a client would text or call or whatever. And um, I was gone already, at least mentally. Physically, I might have been there, but mentally gone. So a lot of people think that in order for you to successfully run a six-figure company, you really have to be very present and very attached and if the company is doing well and it's being profitable, then that's a clear indicator of a person who is connected, who's whole, who's present. And this seemed to be the complete opposite of what your reality was. Um, listen, I, I think most people think they're present, but I don't, I don't think that most people are present. Present, being present in this moment means that you are here now. That means you're not thinking about the past. You're not thinking about the future. Not very many people know how to be present now. And I definitely did not know that. I didn't understand that. It took me years and years to learn how to be in the present moment through meditation. And now I can, I can call that up at any moment and be present here and now. And now for me, what I do is I attempt to be present as often as I possibly can. I'm checking in with my body. I'm checking in with my mind. I'm checking in with nature so that I can be here right now. Most people think they're there. They're really not. They're They're living out a future that they think they know, like outcomes that they think they're making up stories based on the past and projecting them into the future about themselves, about other people. Um, And that is not being in the present moment. And in fact, I would say most people don't have any clue what that even means, because I remember, you know, listening to gurus and or whatever, you know, the people that know all the things um, that are supposed to know all the things. Right. And them (laughs) saying, well, we want to be in the present moment. I mean, for years I heard that and I was like, I don't even know what that means. Like, what does that mean? What it means is. When we truly understand that this moment is all that we are guaranteed and we can be in it right now, that means not trying to think of what you're going to say next to the person you're in a conversation with. That's listening. That's being here without, oh my gosh, the to-do list of things and the other things I've got to do. Or if I do this, then that outcome will happen. Or, you know, that person said this and being triggered by that. I mean, We literally, this, I really would like to share what I truly believe is sort of the essence behind all the things. At least it was for me. When I told you that I thought I was my thoughts and I thought I was my emotions, I was a hundred percent bought into those ideas, like without even like not consciously, because I was, you know, I was totally unconscious. And 
how I know now that those that you aren't your thoughts and that you aren't your emotions is because you can think a thought and name that thought and you can have an emotion and name that emotion. So who is it that's naming those things? If you are your thoughts, there would be no delineation between understanding that you had one and knowing what it was because that would be who you were, but you are not those things. You are much bigger than that. And these things, these thoughts with the habitual thoughts that we have that release these chemical concoctions that remind us of the past, they are so habitual. They are happening all day long, every day. And it does take some practice to have different experiences, but they're connected. So it's, you had these experiences as a child, you made decisions based on those experiences and how that played out was you connected an emotion to those experiences. You released a chemical cocktail based on those experiences. And every time they get poked, which is when we're in reaction to people or circumstances, that whole thing plays out all over again. And that like is, yeah, a hundred percent. And that is what's created what you think is possible, the perception of what's possible in this life. And I'm here to say there's more than what you think is possible because just like we have blinders on, this is what we think is possible is here. There's stuff over here. (laughs) There's stuff on this side too and above, Mm -hmm. but we don't know that. And so having these kinds of conversations is why we want to get into the meat of it so that we can understand what's running the show behind the scenes and then begin to get intentional about it and create from that place versus um, from habit or history um, of or that coping whole meca- or coping mechanisms. You know, I'm reminded of, um, I think it's the untethered soul and mm. he talks a lot about the subject object, you know, dynamic, but you can't be the subject and the object and, you are not your thoughts because if you say in your mind, my name is Denise, who said that, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so you and there, there's so many um, speakers or gurus or motivationalists that really kind of conveys this idea about how we're not our thoughts and how if we can simply manifest, whether it be the will or the the drive or the motivation or the paradigm shift in thinking, how it becomes an easier way for us to navigate. But as a person who's like had anxiety for a great deal of my life and who deals with anxiety now by simply managing my environment, my surroundings, my triggers, the people that I, you know, kind of um, engage with or disengage with, I think very often what what gets left out of the conversation is the difficulty that people experience at times to be present. Being present, it sounds euphoric. And once you've gotten to that point, you're like, I don't want to be anywhere else but this. But I honestly feel from my experience that the journey there was hard, particularly for me. I'm a very sensitive person. And I realized that one of the reasons I did not want to be present is because when I was present, I felt everything. 
not only did I feel my own stuff, I felt everybody's stuff around me. And so being present sometimes almost felt detrimental to my existence because like how much voltage can you, you know, like put in this, this thing before it explodes? And people sometimes are really on that very fine thread of, of being present and being in the moment without the necessary tools of navigating those landmines, you know, that's going off, whether it's anxiety, whether it's an inner narrative, whether it's self-doubt, whether it's criticism from others. And I think that's like a really key component that's missing in a lot of the dialogue around this topic. It's, it is hard. It gets easier, but it is hard. So how do we manage and regulate the sheer overwhelmingness of what being present sometimes require, especially when you are in the process of beginning to be attached to the moment and the feelings and everything else that comes with that. Okay, so I would like you to consider something. Anxiety, depression, or any low level experience is not in the present moment. That is a projection of what you think the future is going to be. I do believe people are empathic and they do feel other feelings for people, but they can only feel it through their filter. And so somewhere in that process of you feeling, you being empathic and feeling other people's feelings, you are creating a future. So you're called like a friend of mine calls it future tripping. You're future <laughs> tripping, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. And you, it's not, it's like, you can have joy and sorrow at the same time. You are not capable of experiencing to, you can have dissonance and experience parts of them, but you can't be fully in joy and also be in sorrow at the same time. Um, and I just know that when you are in a low level experience, you are first of all in your head and not in your body. And they're different. They are connected. They're attached. <laughs> but the head is the thoughts. The body is the like love, is the heart, is the center, is the core. And when we can get into the body, which is present moment experience, we cannot experience those other things. So when we experience anxiety, it is tapping into the past and thinking we know an outcome, making up a story about something that happened to us in the past that we think is going to ha happen in the future. And the thing is, is so the brain is so amazing. It takes in all this information, like millions and millions of pieces of information all the time. And it wants to be efficient. And so in its efficiency, we attempt to look at things as though they are similar situations that people are similar people than other people just out of efficiency, right? Because, you know, stick your hand on the stove and it's hot. Don't want to do that again. Don't want to reinvent the wheel around something like that. That is a standard thing. If I stick my finger on there and it's hot, I'm going to burn it and it's not going to feel good. But when it comes to people and circumstances, that line of thinking, that default setting does not work. People are super nuanced and very complex. 
And we don't take into consideration what their experiences are, why they're saying what they're saying to us, how that past is being projected upon us, because we have no other way to be but to project our stuff on everybody. And so when we can understand that anxiety or any low level experience, that's an experience that doesn't feel good, worry or stress or any of the things, depression, that is not present moment. You cannot be present and have those at the same time because they are opposite ends of the spectrum, first of all. And being present requires you to be here now. Those experiences are an attempt to uh, make the future look a certain way based what on about, our filters. But what about, because I'm a little torn with, with parts of that because of, you know, the idea, like we mentioned before, of the body keeping, keeping score, right? It's like one of my favorite books. I have to read it like incrementally because it is so concentrated. And every time you read it, you feel like, oh, oh, that, that explains that, that, oh, that's yeah. what happened that time. I think for some people, they do have that mind-body connection where they are navigating those experiences in their minds. But I know people personally whose body holds on to things where their body will literally respond before they're even cognitively aware of what that feeling was. Like they could go Mm -hmm. somewhere or something could happen and they could start to either feel their gut or they can have a physical body part shake or the body actually responds to that. So if you are in fact subscribed to the notion that, well, you can't kind of be in both places at one time, but your body is literally weighing you down into the moment, which would be pulling files from the past while you're yeah. trying to be present <clears throat> in this experience, there is a conflict that happens with those two things. Well, first I want to say being present in the moment, the qualities of being present in the moment are stillness, peace, quiet, calm. That's being present right here now. If Mm -hmm. you were to think about your life at this very moment, nothing before, nothing in the future, right now, all is well. There's nothing going on right now. We're having a lovely conversation about the mind and, you know, helping people figure out a way to navigate their emotions. None of that. There's nothing. We have shelter. We have food. We have water. Like everything is managed at this very moment. That's present moment. You cannot be empathic and feeling other people's feelings and be in the present moment because you're in the feelings. You're Mm -hmm. in their feelings. Mm -hmm. Then you're in your own feelings, right? Present moment means being here right now. That means your mind is clear. That means you're calm and at peace a hundred percent. Okay, we're going to take a quick break and we are almost running out of time. This conversation, we we could literally talk for hours about this (laughs) stuff. Um, But when we come back, before we wrap up, I want to talk to you about the work that you do and how our listeners can um, find you and reach out to you if they want to attend one of your 
seminars to have a more in-depth <laughs> um, connection in terms of the things we've been talking about today. So don't go away. We'll be right back. You are listening to Let's Talk About It. Welcome back to Let's Talk About It. My guest today is Miss Erin McCullough, and we have talked about so much today, including anxiety, people's perspective of anxiety, how they experience anxiety, how people are present and absent in their day-to-day life and their day-to-day existence. And we've talked a great deal about being present. And you know, we, we all know that healing is not something that's easy and it's not a wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. It's not a, <laughs> a quick, a quick fix. And a part of what I know that you do is help people when they have the desire to pursue the journey of healing is help them with necessary and effective tools that they can use along the way as they're navigating this very difficult process. So before we go, tell us a little bit about um, what you do, the platform in which you do it, and how people uh, can benefit from your webinars. Yeah, so really what I'm walking people through is understanding what's going on behind the scenes, emotional awareness, so that we can begin to heal and grow. And there is a process to it. It starts with the awareness. It starts with the understanding your emotions and recognizing when you have them. And then from there, sitting with them, allowing yourself to have the emotion and sit in them. And where does it live in your body? Is it in your heart? Is it in your gut? Is it in your throat? Um, And then just acknowledging, acknowledging every time they come up so that you can sit in them. See, from a young age, we did a disservice to little kids They fell down, they hurt their knee, went, oh, it's okay. You know, it'll be okay. Stop crying, right? You get them (laughs) to stop crying, stop having emotions. And we learn that at a young age and then it just goes throughout. And so I want to encourage you to sit in your emotions, have them, don't wallow in them, but have them and move on. And it is through the process of recognizing when they're happening, being the detective of your life going, oh, I have this reaction here's the reaction. Let me sit in the emotion. Now let me see what triggered that. So what happened right Mm -hmm. before? So I can see what happens and what happens after. And so in each time you decide to address your um, places for healing in this manner, then you can each time release, release, release. And so it looks like a process of be in reaction, sit in that experience. Where does it live in my body? What triggered it? So that you can see it coming from a mile away eventually, right? So it's like, I'm not surprised all of a sudden that I'm angry. I'm not surprised all of a sudden that I'm depressed, right? Because you are being the detective in your life and going, oh, what just got triggered? Why did that happen? Oh, so interesting. And when we allow ourselves to sit in the emotions, then they clear themselves up. It's not through the not having the emotions. It's not through the tamping them down. Yeah. Bypassing, suppressing. Yeah. Yeah. Avoiding. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. So that's what I help people navigate that piece, figure out what needs to be healed, show them a process to healing 
And so they can start to understand that this life is beautiful and you can be present in it right here and right now. You can be in joy exclusively. That is our birthright. That's what we're supposed, that's experience we're supposed to be having in this life. And you can have it now without all the things, without the car and the house and the success and all the things it is available now. And so that's what I help people navigate. And you can find me on Instagram. That's the best way to find me. Aaron M A C L L C. And we'll have your information at the bottom of our episode. But one of the things that I do want to say, and I know that you and I spoke about this um, briefly, is that we are not advocating bypassing traditional therapy if that is what you need and that is the route that you need to go through in order to get a more solid foundation in terms of what's happening to you from a therapeutic process. And this isn't therapy. This is peer-to-peer support because you've been there, you've done that, (laughs) you've experienced the highs and the lows and the pitfall, and you're able to offer these seminars and workshops and training based on your own experiences, research that you've done, And using these very tools that you share with people in your platform to say, hey, this is what worked for me. This is what has helped me. This is what continues to help me. And I would love to have the opportunity to share that with you if this is something that you're interested in. So I wanted to definitely have that disclosure because I am an advocate of traditional therapy, but I'm also a huge advocate of peer support when the experience is framed through the healing having, you know, still in process and completed for most part, right? Because when you have a wounded person treated another wounded person, there's a lot of things that could go, you know, go left with that. So (laughs) your your webinars, I I saw that you you often have webinars and sometimes you even have webinars for free that you offer Mm -hmm. and um, that you have um, some workshops and seminars. Tell us a little bit about the one. I think I saw one that was it calm. Yeah, I've had, I had, um, a, um, path to calm webinar path to calm. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, impenetrable joy, um, webinar. Um, they're very similar. Um, the content really is about how do we, uh, become not beholden to or at the mercy of people or circumstances to dictate whether we feel good or not. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Because so much like of our life is spent in that portion of the pie, isn't it? It really is. I mean, I, sometimes I sit at the park and I hear people walking by and they're like, Oh, and then this person did that. And then this other thing happened and they're all in story about all the yes, things. Yes. And, and you're like, like, where, and, and where were you in the story? You are, you're now in your life observing and watching your life as if it's a movie. So being present definitely helps people to feel more alive, to be more connected and really to have, a more authentic experience within their existence. I can't thank you enough for being my guest today. Uh, We will definitely have your information on our YouTube channel and we'll also have that on our website. If you contact us at imdenise.com, contact us and just um, 
send us a quick email. We'll send all of our information to you as well as have it posted on the YouTube video. Thank you so much again today for being my guest. I love the work that you're doing. I'm such an advocate for people who are in the healing space for helping others to heal and still day by day, still working on their own, you know, work yeah. in progress kind of journey. So no destination, again. just journey. <laughs> just journey. I like that. I like that. Thank you so much for having me. These conversations are so important. I, we're not having them enough. They're, they're happening more often. And, um, you know, it gives people hope that they can live their life in a different way that feels good. And that's, yeah. I think, super important. So thank you. I couldn't agree more. Once again, thank you so much, guys, for tuning in and listening or watching us on YouTube. I feel compelled to say subscribe because everyone I watch on YouTube is always like, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. <laughs> so subscribe to our channel if you want to share a comment or if you have a question please feel free to reach out to us you've been listening and watching another episode of let's talk about it i'm your host denise it was my pleasure being with you today remember take care of yourselves and each other bye you've been listening to the podcast let's talk about it Feel free to support our podcast by selecting the sponsorship link on this platform. Drop us a line or even be one of our guests. Visit us on the web at www.imdenise.com to learn more.